So in these sessions, we explore body's wisdom. Because body is completely misunderstood. We think body is only this physical frame, a brain, a nervous system, cardiovascular system, lungs, liver, so on and so forth. But actually, body itself is a completeness. And it has three components. The first component, of course, is physical system and medical science deals with it. And that system helps us to live in this world. Because without that, we won't able to function in the world. Absolutely vital. The second component of the body is its intelligence. And how that intelligence manifests, it manifests as emotions, feelings, and some thoughts. So if you really go into primary emotions, primary feelings, and fundamental thoughts, they are the part of the body's intelligence and they protect the body and helps in its longer survival. So for example, fear, there is a biological fear and there is a psychological fear. What is the function of the biological fear? To protect this body. So you are walking the street and suddenly you hear sound of the car. What happens before even you think you get out of the way of the car? Protective. That is inherent in the body and we share it with all life forms. Of course, there are emotions and feelings and thoughts which come from our society and culture. We call social emotions, gratitude, empathy, pride, jealousy, envy, and so on and so forth. But they come from outside. Guilt. Guilt is a very big one. But this one is the part of body's intelligence. And the third component of the body, and perhaps most important, because that truly brings us complete fulfillment in life. An absolute liberation, a total freedom, and that is life energy in the body. And that life energy keeps body's intelligence and physical frame alive. Without that, this body will die and body's intelligence will die. And that life energy 
is the part of universal energy. And we share it with all living and non-living beings. So this body's wisdom is very simple, very direct, very biological. If we connect to it, not only we achieve physical health, physical vitality and well-being, actually we come to a complete fulfillment. And nothing else is needed. But of course, we can believe in anything. We can believe in God and goddesses and spirit and soul. Because we keep on discussing various levels of consciousness. Nothing is needed, but still we can believe if it is dear to our heart. But for body's wisdom, nothing is needed. So even a, an atheist who doesn't believe in anything cannot deny it. So our Richard Dawkins is a genetist, a very prominent scientist from UK. He could deny everything. In fact, he wrote a book, God Delusion. Perfectly okay. But he cannot deny this Shakti, this force, this life energy. So we may have our own belief system and they are clashing on one thing we can never clash, never be in conflict. We never can kill each other. And that is for this body. Because we share it all. And when we come to the full realization, full experience of this life energy, we call that state Purnata. Purnata. Purnata means completeness, fullness. And it is very physical again. It is not metaphysical. Your body feels as if it is filled with energy. Very biological. And when everything is filled from inside, there is no space for anything. Because now we are filled with this Shakti. Totally. And time to time it fills up. When we fall in love, when we have a child, when we get promotion or get big money, this Shakti, this energy is activated. That is why we feel happy. We feel so excited. We feel so passionate. So we experience it. But it is not sustained. It comes and it disappears. And again, we try to excite it through other means. And that is how we keep on going in life forever, chasing those things which will excite us. So that is why you say, oh, I'm so excited. You know, I met such a such person. Just like me, when I got 
selected in medical school and because I was a failure in my grade 12. So my only prayer to the God or not God was if somehow I get into medical school, my life is done. And I got, uh, you know, selected in uh, KG Medical College, Lucknow. And I was so excited and excited and excited. After two years, all that excitement is gone. Because then I realized a life of a doctor was like any other pattern. I said, no, this is not enough. That is what we talk in these forums, all of our teachings are focused on body's wisdom. Coming to that completeness, fulfillment, Purnata. But today we are going to explore the problem of fear of death. And if you look at any human problem, any human problem, it is the fear of dying. We are the only species which is aware that we are going to die one day. No other species is aware of it. Dogs, cats, even chimpanzees, they can project into future somewhat, but not like us. And also I want to make it clear that it is not the fear of physical death. It is the fear of the mind, my consciousness, my ego, myself. That is the main fear. Fear is not of physical death. So when a suicide bomber kills himself or herself, what he or she must be thinking, dying physically is not a problem. It, it happened recently. What that person is projecting that when my physical body die, I will live in a paradise in a heaven where everything will be with me. That is why suicide bombing happens. That is why we create a cyber world. People think cyber world. Cyberspace is a recent phenomena. Absolutely not. When the first human being was born or, uh, on earth, cyberspace came with that human being. But initially our cyberspace was filled with gods, goddesses, spirits, ancestors, all kinds of symbols. It was always there. But of course, in those times, we were more connected with the body. There is no doubt. Because what happened in these last 70,000 years, 70,000 years ago, all evidence are there 
that human beings develop cognitive capacity to think and reason. Although human beings are much older, but the brain which we possess actually this started 70,000 years ago. And as soon as it started, cyberspace was created. But that cyberspace was more connected uh, with the body, with the surrounding world. But now I, our cyberspace is disconnected more and more from the body. But why? So again, to re-emphasize, problem of death is not of physical body. Problem of death is the mind, self, ego, my own image. And through that image, I live in the world. And I cannot accept. If I know somewhere in future, I will exist 100%, I won't fear death. If somebody can give me a guarantee, listen, don't worry. You will be 100% there. That fear will come to an end. And that is how actually fear of death comes to an end. How? When we experience something which is beyond death. And what is beyond death are two fundamental elements. Number one is life energy and number two is consciousness. Consciousness. These are elemental. And once we experience them fully, personally, we cannot fear death. And that is how actually we die. But I will come to that later. But let me explore how it all starts in our life and what, how it creates so much complicated world around us. It all starts around the age of two to four years. Before the age of two to four years, a child is nothing else but a body body's intelligence and body's energy. But something extraordinary happens around that age and that is because of our brain development, a sense of I, a sense of self, a sense of ego is born. And as soon as that happens, child becomes self-aware. Child becomes aware of the surroundings. Child becomes aware of I, me, mine. My father, my mother, my toys, my dog, my cat, my house, mine, 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 mine. Because that is a quality, natural quality. And, and that is a wonderful thing because if in a child sense of I is not developing means 
there is a retardation, there is a problem with this child. It, these are the normal milestones in a child. But it is also the beginning of fear. Because child sees that my toy was here one day and then it disappeared the next day. My bird was here today and my bird disappeared next day. I have a tree, that tree is gone. My grandmother was there few days ago, grandmother is gone. Now child is developing fear. That is why around the age of two to four years, many children have nightmares. Because this fear of dying. Now this child goes to caretakers. And what caretakers they do? They give traditions, customs, idea of fairies, angels, gods, goddesses. They say, don't worry about it. You are not going to die. You are going to be protected. We are here and all of this paraphernalia here to protect. So what is born now? Time. So now we come to the time because time is so important in human life. So time is born. What is the meaning of time? Time means future. Time means past also. Because in humans, if constantly I can create future, then I'm not going to die. Right? If that time ends, that is why in Sanskrit, these thinkers were great. There is a same word for time and death. Called Kal. K-A-L. Kal. Kali, the goddess Kali came out of it. Kal means death. Kal means time. So what happens if time stops, then I'm going to die. If time doesn't stop, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live forever. For millions and trillions of years. That is how Time is created in human world. So we create this cyber space based on our upbringing, reincarnation, rebirth, spirit world, God, goddesses, angels, ancestor, endless future, science. Why we create future? Because life is flowing in this moment here and now, not in, in future. But people work for 50, 60 years to live in some wonderful place in future. But after retirement, there is a pain all over. They can't walk properly. Now they have a heart problem. Now the cancer is developing. But still they wanted to create the future why they wanted to create future because that relieves them from the fear of dying.
So that is the origin of psychological time. That is why time is so important. That is why people all over the world, thinkers say, live in the moment, live in the moment. Don't worry about future. They don't understand. It is so difficult. So what we create is intersubjective world is cyberspace, all of us. And that cyberspace we share. So that is why we become a Hindu, we become a Christian, we become a Muslim, we become a Jewish, or we become atheist, it doesn't matter. So we create, uh, the term intersubjective is given by uh, uh, Harare, Evol Harare, he's a writer and he wrote a very beautiful book, uh, Homo Deus, Homo Deus, Human Gods. And he gave the term that actually we create this very complicated world, cyber world. That is why a lot of sages say this world is an illusion. Why they say it is Maya illusion? Because actually this is a created world. It truly doesn't exist, but still it can influence us. And the beauty of intersubjective world is we share. Not all of us, we share. So as a Hindu, for me, me means any Hindu, Shiva is a fact. You take a Christian, they will say there is no Shiva. But for Christian, a celestial Jesus or a God is a fact, or angel Gabriel is a fact. So you go to different cultures, different religions, we create this cyber space which we share, and we think this is true. And for that cyber space, for those beliefs, for that culture, we will kill ourselves and kill each other. But it is nowhere to be found. It is simply a belief system which I share with someone. So if you don't believe in that cyber world, in that space of Shiva or Krishna or Jesus or God or all these angels, it doesn't exist. But we created much more also. We created money. What is money? There is no real value of money. Money is just exists between people, not between myself and my cat. I put these green, wonderful US dollar bill in front of the cat. Cat actually doesn't like it just to move away. It has no value in nature. But for us, money is so important that we will kill ourselves and kill each other for the money. And you demonetize money, you de-recognize money, and it becomes useless. It happened in India, suddenly particular rupee was demonetized and it became a piece of paper. Why we do that? In order to escape from fear of death. It becomes the part of our mind that I will die but I will be with Shiva. I will die. I will be reincarnated. I will die. 
I will be in a spirit world. I will die, but my through my children I will live. I will die, but I will live through pyramids, a Taj Mahal, palaces, work of art, whatever human beings do. There is a single desire after my death, a little bit of mine will live on. And because of that, we truly don't live. Whatever we do is always for future. Because stopping that future means complete void. We will sink into depression and we may com commit suicide. So we have to have this mechanism. So we have to understand that, that whatever this complicated world which we created, it is nothing else but cyber world on the top of the natural world. If we accept natural world, immediately we have to accept death. Because in the body, life and death are happening simultaneously. And not only that, in body also happening immortality beyond death. That is why body is so important. It's wisdom. We know as a fact in science, constantly cells are born and cells are dying. And in approximately seven years, our body is renewed, except our brain cells and heart cells. But also it is very true that this time doesn't exist in the body. It exists in our mind. That is why we call cyberspace. But in nature, there is no time. Body is the part of the nature. So the moment I enter into the body, it's life energy. What I will experience? Immortality. And that is where fear comes to an end. So for that, we are going to do just a five minutes breathing because breathing, through breathing, whole of body's wisdom is conveyed to us. When we inhale, it is life because as soon as the baby is born, what is the first breath? Breath of life, inhale. When we die, what is the last breath? Exhale, expire. So actually through breath, body is saying, I'm living, I'm dying. I'm living, I'm dying. But there is a third component in breath, which most of us miss because we are not aware of it. Between inhalation and exhalation, there is a little gap. That gap, there is no life. There is no death. We transcend it beyond life and death. In pranayama, it is called kumbhak when everything comes to a standstill. And that is precisely what happens when this body energy is fully functioning. We go into this state constantly of kumbhak, gap, silence, immortality.
So we are going to just practice to experience it and then we will continue. So please close your eyes softly and relax your shoulders. And now bring your focus to your breath. And now your breathing becomes a little more slow, a little more deep, but it remains gentle. Slow, deep and gentle breathing. So as you are inhaling deep, you are taking the life in. As you are exhaling, you are taking the life out, dying. The process of living and dying. Living and dying in this body. And now we'll do something differently while breathing. We will breathe in and hold our breath for a few moments, as much as you feel comfortable, just for a few moments, and then exhale. So now your focus will be on that time period when you are holding the breath. Feel and experience it. Inhaling, holding, exhaling. Focus on holding part. and then breathing becomes normal.
and slowly opening your eyes. Some other time we will do in more details. But to give you a glimpse what happened when you were holding your breath and focusing on it. You cannot think. All your thinking, all your emotional experiences, everything will stop. All that cyber world, all that world of the mind and emotions and thoughts come to a complete end. And that is very much the part of the body which is conveyed through a normal breath because normal breath has this gap. But what we try to do, increase the gap to experience. That is why we are, when we are in extreme fear, what happens? We hold our breath not to experience fear. That is a natural mechanism. So in this body is the living and dying, but something beyond living and dying, immortality. And once we experience it, our, we will become free from fear. And it is freedom from fear, not absence of fear. Fear is needed for biological protection. But what we want to achieve, freedom from fear, so it won't interfere in our life. We will do for which we are born on this earth to do. And that is what precisely happens at the time of death. There was a small study done in New York by an Indian internist. He first time showed a dying brain is a very peaceful, beautiful brain. Very special waves called gamma waves are emitting and gamma waves are the Waves of complete coherence, not of chaos. And a very big study was done, but not on humans, but on rats. They injected a solution in the heart to stop the heart. And after that, as soon as the heart stopped, there were gamma waves were emitting from the brain. That was the first proof. The moment at the time of death, all this cyber world, all this thinking, accumulated memories, our mind disappears. What is left? This fully functional body and the brain. And in those moments, there is no fear. All of us die peacefully, completely. Tranquility. That is the very nature of death. Of course, some of us may not be aware because we are drugged or all kinds of things are going on. But what we want to achieve that state at the time of death here and now so we could live that total peace, freedom from sufferings. 
that is the whole idea of this session to convey that. This whole world of the mind has to come to an end. And that doesn't mean condemnation of the word, rejection of the word, no. But just to experience that this world is my psychological world, my cyber world. And there is a something else which is immortal where time disappears because that will bring us freedom from fear of dying. But I'm going to affirm this, affirm this ordinary world again. I'm never going to say, reject, condemn, leave. No, it is up to us, whatever we believe in. How to do that? I'm not able to elaborate it fully because we don't have that kind of time. But how to do this? One fundamental fact we have to remember, all things which are assembled or compound, they are born in time, they are going to die in time. Assembled means a plant is an assembled, millions and trillions of cells and leaves and flowers. It is a compound thing. Our human body is the same. Animals are the same. Or if you create any design, what will happen to that design? Ultimately, it will decay. It will rust. It will come to an end. So fundamentally, we have to understand this fact. All things which are complex, compound, because of bringing many things together, they are only born in time and they are going to die in time. So there is a something created here, it flows and then eventually it is going to be dismantled, it will going to die. So that is clearly is going to happen. But if something which is elemental, fundamental, basic, is neither born in time nor going to die in time. Because it is so elemental that it already existed, it is all, always going to exist. And what are those two elemental things in our life, number one is life energy. Life energy is elemental. You cannot reduce life energy to further anything. This is last. That is why Indian sages talked about Om. Om is the vibration, but they called it primal vibration. Anahat. Anahat means which is not produced by striking any object. Because whatever vibration and sound we produce, that is a result of striking. I am speaking, my vocal cords are striking with the air. I clapped. Vibration was produced. They said Om or Amen is the elemental vibration because it was never produced. 
It is uncreated. It was always there. So, and what Om represents? Actually, it is about life energy, fundamental vibration of life. So either I can access that, then I will experience that, and then I will become free. Or if I become or experience pure consciousness. And that is what is the route taken by most people. Because if my conscious is free from all thoughts, emotions and memories, it will be infinite, boundless, limitless, eternal, timeless consciousness. So I experience that. Call Nirvana, Moksha, Samadhi. If you go into it, they always talk about pure consciousness. But that root is way more complex. Very complicated. Because we created in this consciousness so many content, so many religions, so many scriptures, so many paths. It's a chaos. And we don't, so we have to take the help of a specialist, some guru, some commentary, keep on reading forever. Meanwhile, this book of life is right here in me with its life energy. And the beauty of this life energy is, is so easily accessible. So we can choose two elements, element of life energy, element of consciousness. Why life energy, this living entity is always with me, always accessible. Whenever I want, I can very easily because it flows through me. So that is accessing body's wisdom. But what are the tools? How I, I do that? I think that is going to be the theme for perhaps next Sunday. How to enter into this life energy, reach full energy, fullness, purta, beyond time, timelessness, a moment of experience, and we are becoming free. But that doesn't mean rejecting anything of the world. We are not going to say this word is false. No, it has its own place. Without that, a child will be rootless. A child will suffer. So it is not the rejection, but going beyond it. We have all this beautiful world, its culture, its religion, its belief system, but we want to have something more, something beyond.